Welcome to the Robert J. Morgan Podcast, a podcast dedicated to helping you believe and cherish the Bible and to learn and love Christian history and hymnody. I'm producer Joshua Rowe, introducing your host, Robert J. Morgan. Be sure to visit robertjmorgan.com where you'll find Rob's blog posts, podcast feed, bookstore, free resources, and more. If you've not already, be sure to subscribe to this podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you like what you hear, leave us a five-star review. Now here's your host, Robert J. Morgan. Is the milk spoiling in your refrigerator? The same laws that make food spoil are at work within us. We are perishable people in a perishable world. Or are we? Well, no, we are not because of Easter. What a wonderful time it is at Easter to think about the Bible's six imperishable realities. And that will be our subject today on this Easter edition of the Robert J. Morgan podcast. But first, if you want 52 weeks of encouragement for yourself or for a friend, check out my book, Great is Thy Faithfulness, 52 Incredible Bible Verses About the Faithfulness of God. When we speak of God's faithfulness, we're talking about His integrity, His dependability, His utter infallibility. He longs to give us promises because of His unassailable love, and He intends to keep them through His infallible strength. Well, you can find this resource wherever books are sold. Great is Thy Faithfulness, published by the Gift Division of HarperCollins Christian Publisher. Years ago, my wife Katrina told me that a friend of hers was opening a restaurant. I want to go and support him, she said. Will you watch the girls for the evening? Well, Katrina dressed in her finest and drove off with great excitement. She had never been to the grand opening of a new restaurant. When she came home, I asked her how it went. Very well, she said, but something has upset my stomach. With that, she rushed to the bathroom where she spent the rest of the night and doubled over agony, and I think it's the sickest that I ever saw her. In retrospect, I should have taken her to the hospital. I've occasionally got sick from something that I ate, but nothing like Katrina that evening. Something had spoiled on opening night, and one bite was all it took. Well, everything, everything on earth spoils sooner or later. Decay, corrosion, and ruin, that's the story of our world. Apples rot, teeth decay, buildings crumble, flowers fade, and bodies decompose. Given enough time, the universe itself will wind down, go dark, and disintegrate. Even the manna and the wilderness spoiled within one day. But we shouldn't let any of that make us sick. The Bible speaks of six things that can never decay or rot or perish. The New Testament writers used a Greek word, authartos, which means incorruptible, incapable of decay, and it occurs exactly seven times in the New Testament, giving us six things that can never decompose or decline in quality. In a world in which everything decays, including us, here are six important realities to bear in mind. This word is used twice of God himself. In Romans 1.23, he is called the immortal God. 
The New King James Version uses the word incorruptible. Other translations use the words indestructible or imperishable. So God is imperishable. 1 Timothy chapter 1, verse 17 uses the same word when it says, Now to the king eternal, immortal, that is, imperishable, indestructible, and invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. Nothing about God ever ages, decays, or worsens. He is unchanging and unchangeable without beginning or end, ageless, constant, stable, and steadfast. The trees will one day fall, the mountains will crumble, the stars will vanish, but God is the uncreated creator from everlasting to everlasting changeless. He doesn't get younger or older, nor stronger, nor weaker, and he alone is the object of our praise and worship, for his grace will never spoil. His love will never fade. His power will never fail, and his truth endures forever. That which is eternal by definition cannot cease to exist, and that which is unchangeable by definition cannot be diminished. God and God alone is the basis of our eternal hope of everlasting life, like the old Scottish hymn that says, Nor death, nor life, nor earth, nor hell, nor time's destroying sway can ever erase us from his heart or make his love decay. Second, God's word is imperishable. Peter wrote, For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable through the living and enduring word of God. The Bible we hold in our hands cannot lose its dynamism over time. It will not fade away. It cannot be undermined. It may be attacked, but it will still be standing when all the attackers are gone. In my opinion, we'll have copies of God's Word even in heaven so that we can continue studying it and teaching it. Imagine taking a course on Romans taught by the Apostle Paul himself. Not a single syllable of the Bible will perish with time. Psalm 119 verse 89 says, Your word, Lord, is eternal. It stands firm in the heavens. Thirdly, our heavenly home is imperishable. Peter wrote, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. This inheritance is kept for you in heaven. He uses the same Greek word here of the new heavens and the new earth that is used in the earlier passages to describe God himself and God's word. The old heavens and earth and everything in them are decaying. But the new heavens and the new earth will always be new, always fresh, and nothing will break down or die or deteriorate, not the streets of gold, not the throne of God, not the crystal river, not the heavenly mansions, and not our resurrection bodies. And that brings us to the fourth imperishable thing in the Bible, us. Because of the resurrection of Christ, because of Easter, we will be raised imperishable. The same word 
that is used of God and his word and his eternal city of New Jerusalem, the heavens and the earth, that same word is used of us relating to the everlasting and the imperishable bodies of the followers of Christ that will be glorified on the day when he comes again. The Bible says, For the trumpet will sound, the dead will be raised incorruptible. There's the word, and we shall be changed. It's my belief, and that of a number of other theologians, this has been debated for nearly, well, since Augustine, that we will appear to be in our early 30s in eternity. We will all appear to be sort of ageless, maybe not old, not young. That was our Lord's age at his resurrection, about the uh, about 33 years old, and it would seem to me that if we had seen Adam and Eve in the Garden of Eden, they would have appeared to have been just about 30 or 35 years old because we know physically and maybe in other ways that's when people are at their prime, not too young, not too old. So maybe we'll all be, we will certainly all be in a prime and perfect shape throughout heaven. And just think of it, no more broken bones no rheumatism, no fading eyesight or weakening joints. There will be no hospitals in heaven, for none will be needed. No medications, for sickness will be vanished. Paul emphasized this very thing in verses 52 through 54 of 1 Corinthians chapter 15. He said, listen, I tell you a mystery. Now, a mystery is something which was hidden but now has been revealed to us in Scripture. We will not all sleep, but we will all be changed in a flash, in the twinkling of an eye. That's how long it will take for our bodies to be reconstituted and glorified and made imperishable at the resurrection. In a flash, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised imperishable. There is that same word, and we will be changed. For the perishable must clothe itself with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality. When the perishable has been clothed with the imperishable, and the mortal with immortality, then the saying that is written will come true. Death has been swallowed up in victory. Well, what was that saying which was written, and which will come true at the resurrection? Death has been swallowed up in victory. Where did Paul find that saying? And what's the context for it? Well, he found it in Isaiah chapter 25. This is a sentence from the prophet Isaiah. He gave an incredible prediction, Isaiah did, that ties together both the first and second comings of the Messiah, and it tells how he will rip the death shroud from around his people. Isaiah chapter 25 says, On this mountain... He will destroy the shroud that enfolds all peoples, the sheet that covers all nations. He will swallow up death forever. The sovereign Lord will wipe away the tears from all their faces. He will remove the disgrace of his people from all the earth. The Lord has spoken. And that day they will say, surely this is our God. We trusted in him and he saved us. This is the Lord. We trusted in him. Let us rejoice and be glad in his salvation. Have you ever noticed that passage before in Isaiah, the 25th chapter? It's a prophecy that someday upon a mountain, the Lord is going to do something that will remove the shroud of death 
from all of us, and death will be swallowed up forever. Well, Paul tells us that this prediction in Isaiah 25 will have its final and its ultimate and its eternal fulfillment at the moment when Christ pierces through the skies with the trumpet call, and the dead will be raised, and the living will be enraptured, and we shall be changed in the flash of a moment, and death will be swallowed up in victory, and our bodies will be imperishable. What Jesus Christ began at Calvary and with his empty tomb on Easter Sunday will be completed when he returns and our resurrection bodies will be like his, indestructible, imperishable, unaging, undying, immune from all illness and sickness, weakness and feebleness, as we saw recently in our studies through Philippians chapter 3, verse 20 and 21 says, And we eagerly await a Savior from heaven, who will transform our bodies to be like his. So our bodies are imperishable. Now, here is another thing, our rewards. Those rewards that we'll receive in heaven, 1 Corinthians 9, verses 24 and 25 say about the race of life, run in such a way to get the prize. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They exercise self-control in everything. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last forever. And literally, it's this Greek word, an imperishable crown. God has blessings for us without number. It says in Ephesians chapter 1 and verse 3, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing, every one of them, in the heavenly places. And he will reward you for your faithfulness and for your self-control in this life and for the perseverance of your faith and obedience. And those blessings and rewards are imperishable. And now to my astonishment, there is something else. One thing about you and me in our current earthly state that is imperishable the beauty of a Christ-like personality. Peter wrote in 1 Peter chapter 3, verses 3 and 4, Your beauty should not come from outward adornment, such as elaborate hairstyles and the wearing of gold jewelry or fine clothes. Rather, it should be that of your inner self, the unfading, and there's our word in the Greek, the incorruptible or the imperishable beauty of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is of great worth in God's sight. What an amazing thought. Within our decaying bodies is an indestructible soul, and as the Holy Spirit molds us into people of radiant joy, quiet trust, and gentle features, God is pleased. It's on our faces, and those qualities will go on forever, being perfectly realized at the resurrection. And that's why it's so important to develop a biblical personality, a godly attitude about life, and a Christ-like disposition. That's one of the purposes of this podcast, to teach us the Bible so that we can grow in grace in a way that will show up on our face because that Christ-like disposition is incorruptible. So here are the six imperishable things. God. 
His Word. Heaven, our rewards there, our resurrection bodies, and our present personalities when they are aligned to the character of Christ. Well, that encourages me on this very holy weekend, as I hope it does you, and it encourages me to continue working to become more cheerful, more hopeful, gentler, more giving and forgiving, and fixing our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen, since what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. So are we trapped as perishing people in a perishing world? Perish the thought. Look to Jesus and those things that are incorruptible and will never pass away. Well, thanks for digging into the riches of the Bible with us. Remember to check out my book, Great is Thy Faithfulness, and all of the other resources that we have wherever books are sold. This episode was produced by Joshua Rowe and the marketing company, Clearly Media. Audio editing is by Jared Brummett. Editorial supervision is by Sherry Anderson. And Luke Tyler condenses and posts each of these episodes as blogs on my website at robertjmorgan.com where you can find many other resources. Music is by Jordan Davis and Elijah Rowe. Please share this podcast with somebody else. Thanks for tuning in, and may God be with you until we meet again.